amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Welcome to Schmidt List, where we inspire and educate emerging leaders by bringing you conversations with the best experts and thought contributors in technology and design. Thank you for joining us today. Now let's listen in as your host, President at Foundry, Kurt Schmidt, speaks with this episode's inspiring leaders. that you do, where are you at? So I am the managing director at Win Without Pitching. And that means that I make sure that our marketing is on point. I do all of the selling for our organization. And most importantly, I take care of our clients in terms of training and coaching and work with my great coaching uh, coaching team to get all that work done. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the service. And uh, so tell me about how you got into the work that you're doing. Did you, were were you growing up saying, boy, I can't wait to coach agency owners on how to, were you in doodling on your notebooks in high school? People should win without pitching. What kind of led you into the technology and marketing world? Yeah. Yeah. You think about, so I'm doing sales training for creative professionals and how do you go to school to do that or where yeah, do you start do you, yeah, a journey? Where is that master's degree? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> no idea is the answer to that. <laughs> it was a long and winding path. Yeah. I started out honestly thinking that I was going to train horses or maybe become a lawyer or maybe become a teacher. Mm. And then the journey begins. And I think I just had the benefit of some great parents who made sure I had a lot of different experiences and never tried to box me in and told me I could do anything I wanted. There I went. And I think that the biggest thing for me that happened uh, was just this idea of communication always being really important in our family. So if I ever said I was bored at home, my dad would say, oh, good, go get a copy of National Geographic, read this article and summarize it in a five paragraph paper, and then I'll read it and give you feedback. And I thought that was fun for whatever reason. So I always grew up in this world of writing and speaking and love of language and communicating with people. And that opened a lot of doors for me, which I 
I can share more about, but it was grounded in great parents and love of communication. That's interesting. Yeah, I grew up, uh, my father was a minister and I grew up um, thinking uh, a job is a possibility is you just get up and tell everybody how to live their lives every week. That's probably why I started the podcast. I don't know. Uh, but I also, yeah, I felt that I grew up encouraged to be a good communicator and work through those things. But I did find that I was a bit of an oddball with some other folks because a lot of people were more uh, apt to stay under the radar, as it were. And that was a more positive and safe place. Did you have those experiences as well? Wanting to stay under the radar. Specifically. Or at least dealing with people <laughs> who yeah. didn't, you didn't understand why. I think for whatever reason, I, I just came out of the box thinking that I was empowered and that my ideas were good and people would listen. And so I always mm -hmm. felt like I could just say what I was thinking. And I figured out a way early on to do that with some grace to make people feel like she cares and she's helping and bringing empathy to it. And so that for me was always a comfortable place to exist, which meant I was out front putting it out there. And I think sure. I did find myself and still to this day, people that are afraid, my first instinct is why you're awesome. Come on, speak up. Let's show the world who you are. But mm -hmm. I'm much more savvy now to understand that's not so easy for everybody. Yeah, that's one thing I get because I, I do. Obviously, I do encourage people to get their voices heard and get out there. And the one thing maybe it comes with maturity. I feel like people think people are thinking about them way more than people yeah. actually are. And yeah. that's usually one of the big first pieces of advice that I give people because my, when, like I mentioned, my father, he always said there's two types of people in the world. There's people who have a coach and people who don't know they need a coach. And and I always felt that the more that you could get out and express yourself, the more you can learn and get feedback on your ideas and grow from that versus many people that I'd come across where their thoughts were if somebody gives me a direction. I'll just execute on that mm -hmm. and I'll go from there. Did you find because you work with creatives, it, is there any difference in the sort of, again, the myth has been de debunked supposedly about the left brain right brain world. When you're working with more of these right brain sort of creative people, for lack of a better label, do you notice anything particular that is challenging for them when it comes to deciding on their path, finding their way, finding their voice? You brought up such a good point a minute ago there about we're not top of mind for everybody like we think we are. You reach out to a VP at a company that you want to work with and they don't email you back and then you get mad. It's People have a lot going on in their day, yeah. especially if we're thinking about a creative professional trying to get an audience with a new potential client. And I think what I see with the creative community that I really am so grateful to work with is... This idea that it's okay to ask and it's okay to put it out there and that feeling somehow pushy or that they're not deserving of it. And that just right. often comes from confidence and just learning that it's okay to ask and it's okay to be gently persistent and sure luck and being in the right place at the right time can help, but we have to create this stuff for ourselves. And if we have something of value and you deliver the message in the right way, and you're gently persistent to get that audience, things can happen. And so I think that's one of the big things, one of the big obstacles I have to overcome with, with my clients is 
just that ability to speak up and ask. Yeah, because that's, again, going back to finding your, your path, it, it's not all just up to you either, right? You are, yeah. you are sort of a, a, a group of the people you surround yourself with. You, you take up your family traits, those types of things. It's not completely up to you. So you can be a better architect of your future and your path by who you're surrounding yourself, by who you're providing value to. Because if you're yep. just going with whoever hands you money, that's usually not the best approach, right? Oh, they have dollars. I should partner with them. I've I probably learned that the hard way early on in my agency in yeah. uh, career. But do you feel like because you had mentioned as you were growing up, you were thinking about all these different careers and all these different challenges did in in getting into marketing and those sorts of things. It was that was that orchestrated? Was that a trip and fall? Like, how did you say, OK, this is a good path. I'm on. How did you know or did you not know? I think it was a trip and fall, honestly. Like, I think at the end of the day, if I look back in the early years to what my strengths were, like what my unique abilities were in terms of communications and listening to people and they know they are seen by me and bringing help and bringing empathy, really important in terms of why I'm successful coaching at Win Without Pitching. But I didn't know that this was going to be the subject matter expertise that I would fall into sales training or marketing. And so that's where I tripped and fell my way through. Yeah. What it largely, I think, was about is those types of roles lent themselves to those other parts of me that were strong. And I got a deeper understanding of marketing or PR or financial communications and liked it more and more and niched down and got that taste of expertise of what it meant to go to work for a design firm and, and do business development and sell for mm -hmm. a design firm. And God, I loved it because I loved being surrounded by that creative mindset, that person who has this like superpower to see around corners and solve problems and yeah. change the world truly. And so I'm happy I tripped and fell my way there. And it really was like just continuing to be open to what feels good and keep going closer to what feels good and believing I had the right to have that for myself if I wanted. Yeah, you right there. What you just said, believing I had the right to have that, because growing up for me, especially, there was a lot of not I had to see it first and then I could say, is that for me or or not? And as I got older, I realized like, I don't necessarily have to see it first. I can I can feel that I could not not I'm not talking about the secret here where I'm manifesting it, but in a way where I'm taking all these things that I feel have been positive for me. And instead of going out and seeking like, okay, which job descriptions have those bullet points? I think that's where I think that's where people get stuck, because I do a lot of career coaching with folks. And that's what they're focused on. Do I have the bullet points? Do I check the boxes? And yeah. I find that the more that you let those bullet points lead your your life, that's where you start to get into a spot where you feel uh, not in control. You're, 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 and then eventually that resentment grows into a victim and, and it's just a whole thing. So I don't, I, I don't I have want, a question there, but I, no, <laughs> you but I you're, that. you're onto something so important. Like the first thing I think about is, can we just rewrite job descriptions and have no more bullet points, but tell a story of that 
person we're looking for and that persona mm-hmm. that they can bring and do the same for ourselves with resumes or LinkedIn profiles, right? Let's like, let's have a little bit more of a narrative on either side of what are the superpowers we're hoping to find here? And I think the other thing that came up for me in that too was when things don't feel good, when you're on your career path to landing on what's right, don't work too terribly hard. And I don't mean don't try, but don't work too terribly hard to play the game if you're being asked to play a game, because I think that's mm. bullshit, frankly. Yeah, that's I think advice. like we get into these large corporations and I had an experience on, on the corporate side and I wouldn't trade that time in my life. But what I ultimately learned was I needed better boundaries. I wasn't good at playing the game and I didn't need to spend a lot of time trying to learn because it just wasn't going to be for me in the end. So trust your gut on those moments. Yeah. No, the, the, the setting those boundaries is really important, but it's really hard because you yeah. you don't want to say no to things because you feel like that could be limiting to your career. But in hindsight, what I've found is by saying yes to too many things, that was even a bigger hindrance than being able to draw a line and say, yeah, no, that's, that's not my job. This is my and you don't just say that's not my job and leave. You say, and let me explain to you what my job is and what value it has and when you should come. And what impact I have. And that's something that that helped me a lot further along in my career, being able to say, this isn't what I do, but here's what I do do for this organization. And let me help you (laughs) understand that when to come to me. Yeah, here's what I'm really good at. Here's what energizes me. And will allow me to just really make some good change happen here. And yes, maybe I'm good at this other thing, but it sucks the life out of me. So I can't keep doing it. Just because we're good at something doesn't mean we should keep doing it either. You have to pay attention to, I think, what energizes you and what exhausts you, frankly. Yep. Yep. And I love what you said about, because I also worked at a very large corporation for a short period of time. And then moved in the agency world because I, I like that energy much better. But it's v- two very different sort of environments where mm-hmm. you know, in a large organization, you're just trying to get invited to meetings because you, you want to get you want to be invited to those meetings so you can show that you have impact and that you have importance. And in smaller startups, sometimes you're you're trying to avoid as many meetings as possible because they're getting in the way of you actually getting your work done. I used to remember trying to dodge the owner of one of the agencies because every time he caught me in the hallway, he'd be like, hey, I've got this idea for something. Uh, yeah. I'd be like, no, I got actual work to do. Sorry. I'd love to listen to your ideas. But but in I remember working in a larger corporate environment. It was why am I not on that meeting? How do I get I got to get on that meeting? Otherwise, otherwise, I'm not as important as Cheryl over there. And I need to be on that meeting. Did you also experience finding which sort of which sort of because I think that's the case when yeah. I get people ask me straight out of school should I go work for a big company or a small company and I'm like yes exactly is the answer to that <laughs> yes yes and you're so right like I wouldn't trade my time in corporate America because I learned a lot but it was just to your point all about the optics and that's what they would say it's all about the optics right are you in that important meeting? Because if you're not, that's somehow a mark against you, even if you're just sitting there saying nothing. There's That's yep. what I mean by the game. But there's so much benefit to having those big experiences too, to feel frankly, like when I was on the corporate side, I worked for like AT&T Wireless was one of the big companies I worked for. And it felt so good to be wanted by the consumer public. 
Like yes. they wanted our wireless services. Yes. We were the top brand at that point. And that's a cool feeling that causes you to work in different ways mm-hmm. versus when you're scrappy and new and starting out and you're not yet wanted. Well, that causes you to think and work in different ways. And yeah. so big experience and small. Yes, is the answer. I fully agree with you. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the advice I've given to people is that your career is long, so it's really mm-hmm. hard to make bad choices. And yeah. yeah, I get it. If your resume looks like you jump ship every year or two years, uh, it looks like you can't decide on things. But I also understand some people are escaping toxic environments by doing that. And but again, back to your point about that narrative, if I if you're sharing that narrative and not just bullet points about your time there, I'm not going to read too much into that. You hop ship a a number of times in your your career, especially if you're explaining what you're looking for and how that next opportunity add it was a value add and not more necessarily a lateral move, I think. Again, you probably had to make a lot of hard decisions in your career because working at the larger organization and leaving that is not easy for folks because it is it can be like a very nice heated weighted blanket of oh yeah that just fall from mm-hmm. the sky, right? So comfortable from like a compensation perspective, but the I got fired from that job and I am very happy and open to talk about that because that was a moment in my life where I clearly finally got it that I was in over my head. I wasn't good at this and it had nothing to do with me and my ability and who I was. It had to do with, I was not in the right place and I needed to get out of there and recognize that getting fired is okay. Like it opened doors for me that never would have been opened otherwise. And I chose in that moment to tell the truth. And so I spent some time soul searching, got over the, the wound of it all. I like had a dog walking business for a while during that time. And then when I finally chose to re-enter and start interviewing again, I was honest with people about what happened there. And what I found was I wanted a smaller organization where I had greater impact. So that was me actually putting more risk on the line when you're seen more and you're exposed more and it's on you to get it done. And when I shared the story of the journey, AT&T Wireless and how it ended, And what I learned and what I wanted, people respected the daylights out of that. And so I think like in our failures, in our trying a lot of things, there's so much good that comes from it that we need to be okay embracing. Yep. Yeah. The the career coaching I did over the last few years, most of the people that were fired or 99% of them landed in a place way better than they could have ever dreamed. It was amazing and super fun to be a part of to watch those transitions happen because it, it is a punch in the gut. You get the wind knocked out of you. You yeah. get laid off, you get fired. You think some very terrible things. And, but if you can pull yourself out, it's really hard because it's a very, it's a very lonely feeling, especially if you're working yeah. at a larger corporation. I worked with, I coached a number of people who they'd been there for 15, 17 years. And they're so surprised that their uh, workmates slowly just stopped responding to them over time. I'm like, well, they're going back to the politics at hand in the place. They don't have time for you and whatever else you're doing outside of it because they're not focused on building their network outside of the organization. They're focused on their network inside the organization, much like you were. That's why you're stuck in this spot. 
But like I mentioned, many of them uh, went on to either, as you mentioned, uh, career switch or try different things, but ended up landing in in really good spots. So I do feel like there is some positivity to having that sort of super self-realization slapped in your face. It can be really <laughs> healthy. Maybe now that time doesn't feel good. Yeah, you know? it's we all need it once in a while. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about Win Without Pitching. So you, I find it so interesting about the dichotomy about the work that Blair's done over the years and the work that you're doing, where I just always fascinated about the idea of selling things to salespeople. It seems like such a there's giant corporations out there like Salesforce, which have made it very popular. But the problem is like Salesforce doesn't sell to salespeople. They sell to the people that want to keep an eye on the salespeople, which is genius. It's not meant for salespeople. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's big brother Salesforce. for salespeople. It's for, yeah. the, it's for the watchers. <laughs> so tell me about the do you eat your own dog food there as they say do you do you do you follow the same sort of principles in your marketing and sales that you do teach outwardly 100% 100% the sale is the sample is how we say it and we sure. really take seriously living those values and i'm i am like grateful to blair ends for building this company every day because we really get to do cool and important and meaningful work to help creative professionals feel better selling, feel more yeah. comfortable, feel like they have a right to be at the table and then bring this approach to it that is so filled with integrity and empathy and conversation, right? It is not yep. slick. It is not about convincing. Absolutely. And it's just a much better way to show up in the world. Yeah. And I think it's important work because I love to coach agency owners myself more from an operational standpoint. And mm -hmm. it's exactly like you said, it's these amazing individuals. It happens everywhere in every industry from manufacturing to creative to whatever is where you've got this individual who's really good and they just get more orders than they can handle. So they hire some people to help them with the orders. And then next thing you know, they're in charge of this place. And yep. it's like they wake up a couple of years later and they're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> This is I'm my circus. These are my monkeys. <laughs> and that's when I find the ability to come in and help them coach, because what got you to where you're at now is probably not going to get you further on down the line. Is there a common problem that you feel that you're solving over and over again? Is there is there something where you're constantly hearing? I, I know uh, from listening to Blair and even David Baker on occasions, it's like you can almost have a crystal ball to see oh, you're in year two, you have this much revenue, blah, 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 you have this many employees. Yep, I know exactly. Yeah. These are your four problems. Is yeah, it like creepy, for you? isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in a good way. Creepy in a good way. Yeah, definitely. I think that they, they always stem from either a positioning challenge is a problem, sure. right? They're, they're too much of a generalist. And so they're not yep. seen as Everything, everybody. different. Or there's never been any true sales training, which is for most everybody coming into that business, yeah. why would they get sales training? So they just don't, they don't know how to guide these conversations or understand where the buyer is in their journey. But I think the biggest thing that really is taking place when somebody comes to us is there just is a, in a lot of cases, a lack of confidence and belief that they deserve to be at that table, being mm -hmm. the expert yeah. and the leader in the room. And right. so it's a lot of mindset and behavior work that is happening 
in the beginning as we're teaching sales conversation frameworks and making decisions about positioning and what is the business strategy of the organization. So that's a lot of where it begins, I would say. Yeah, because then I talk to people about because it's what the work you're doing for these businesses also goes back to the uh, whole idea of finding your career path. Because one thing I've coached people on is your personal positioning, not the you have your business positioning and such. But if you don't understand what's important to you, how you want your reputation to be perceived, how you want to show up to places or how you want to show up before you show up, more importantly, personally, I think that's really uh, I think that's really powerful in how you're getting from A to B. And so doing that with organizations, especially because I can imagine much like our organization, we we have partners and we all have different ideas on what our position is on a given day or minute. So so I, I could see I could see that being a challenge not only for that individual, but for those people, how do you get them to a place where they feel safe saying, obviously, it's a big process, but is there, do you ever see like that light bulb moment where they're like, oh, wait a second. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, I do this. Yes. Yep. And and so a lot of times, and you probably, this will resonate with you, but all of the goodness and the ideas and how we do it, all that stuff that comes with your firm is sitting inside the founder or the owner. So mm-hmm. the first thing we have to do is pull all that intellectual capital out of your brain and your being and start to see what kind of like stuff we have to work with and put pen to paper and create some intellectual property, right? So there's yeah. this whole idea of pulling the intellectual capital out, creating intellectual property, documenting it, talking about it, wordsmithing it, putting all the right pieces in place so that we can all be marching from the same kind of page here. And then I think the other thing that happens is this idea of modeling language. Like, how do I bring up the topic of money in a sales conversation? Or how do I ask who the decision makers are without offending somebody? Like people know intuitively, I've got to do these things, but they just don't know what the right words are. And so we do a lot of work modeling language, but also Mm. making it really clear, I want you to be you. So Blair may say it one way, I may say it one way, here's some ideas, but then find your way, let your personality come through. And if you're a funny person, maybe there's some wit to how you bring up the topic of money. So it's those couple things that that happen too that are tremendously helpful and the light bulbs go off. It's it's super smart. It's the same thing. Like, I know I'm jumping between metaphors here, but I do this the same with people who are looking to maybe career switch or better position mm-hmm. themselves in their career, which is get go out and ask people like, what do you what do, what do people ask you for the most? What sort of advice or tasks do they ask you for the most? What sort of what sort of language do people use with you? You can start to glean these sort of ideas on how you're already being perceived out in the world, similar to, I'm sure, what you do in terms of working with a a business, which is what are people's current expectations of you and how can we Mm -hmm. specifically target that to the place where you want to be? And I can imagine it can be an emotional journey sometimes for individuals. There are moments of frustration. There are moments where I'm just going to lift my clients up and help them from falling over the edge. And that's part of it. And I think that's what I take so seriously is definitely I have subject matter expertise in selling. 
what I have also had to learn along the way in this coaching role is what happens for the adult learner on their own developmental journey. Yeah. And what do I need to right. be in touch with there to sit in the messiness and tension with somebody as they transform. And that is where, for whatever reason, I'm like deeply comfortable sitting in that with people. And I have all the patience in the world to do it. And partly because of win without pitching, I see what happens. I see them change their business and really thrive as a result. Yeah. So like I'm a little better sitting there longer if I need to be. How about for the, some advice for those coaches? What do you do? Because the, there is, like I mentioned, um, in this business, there's a lot of emotional labor that has yeah. to go in as well. What do you do to recharge? Are, are, do you get on the treadmill? Lots of Ben and Jerry's? What, what do, you, mine is red I didn't mean like Ben and Jerry's on many. the treadmill. It would be messy. <laughs> More yeah. power to you. What sorts of uh, things have you found over the years that help you recharge and be ready for those sometimes difficult, but sometimes really super amazing conversation? Yeah. Uh, so I've been better at it at some times um, than others, but I'm way better at taking care of myself now than I used to be. And I give a lot of credit to my husband, first of all, because he always coming into the relationship was like, you and I have to have our time and do our thing, whether that's exercise or be with our friends to be great for each other, to show up. And I, I always thought that feels selfish, but actually it's so not. And so I, I try really hard every day to do something in terms of exercise, whether that's yoga, take a walk, go for a run. Being outside is really important. Fresh air is really important. And I ride horses. My daughter and I ride horses together. And that is like my poetry and my passion that helps me feel complete and grounded. And I think the other thing is, um, enjoying delicious things is important to me. So I always want like my wine fridge stocked and I always want yummy fresh food in the house. And those things just keep me calm and keep me okay <laughs> and keep me feeling like I get my treats when I need them. That's awesome. Yeah. I think yeah. it's important that uh, back to the whole idea of know that uh, yep. if, if you know what some of the things are that triggers you that you don't like, understanding how you can balance those things with the things that you do, I think is, just, I think it's really yeah. important. So and one thing I, I just thought of really quick yeah, please. is saying no. I say yes. no a lot to things yes, like volunteering I mean, no, no. at school yes. or helping, yes. you know what I mean? And I do plenty that's helpful, but I also am really good at saying no to stuff because it will just suck your time if you're not careful. Yeah. Because again, the more you're building your career, the more successful you get, more opportunities show up. And so mm -hmm. it becomes harder and harder to know what to say no to because yeah. you probably said yes a lot to where you're at. But yeah, I think again, back to we had that discussion about boundaries. I think if you don't establish your boundaries, somebody else is going to um, establish them for you. So That's it's up to you. <laughs> all yep. right. So Shannon, I could talk to you all day. This is so fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time. If I want to connect with you uh, and learn more about the work you do at Win Without Pitching, where should I go? Where should I find you? Yeah, I think the best place is just to go to our website, winwithoutpitching.com, and you'll find lots of thought leadership. You'll find ways that you can engage with us, and you'll get to our YouTube channel where you can ask me a question, and I'll answer it in YouTube. So lots of great resources there. Awesome. So thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And we'll have to have you come back on the show. Yeah, I would love it. This was so fun. 
We hope you join us for more conversations in the future with leading experts in technology and design. Please contact us at schmidt-list.com and foundrymakes.com for more information. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.